So we're going to do something a little different. And this is Invitation by Shel Silverstein. That should give you a clue what's coming up. If you're a dreamer, come in. If you're a dreamer, a wisher, a liar, a hoper, a prayer, a magic bean buyer, if you're a pretender, come sit by the fire for we have some flax golden tails to spin. Come in. Come in. It's Poetry Week at Monkey Business. This is C talking to you from the studios of WFC3. With me as always, it's Billy, it's Tanya, it's Ian, it's Becca, it's Rob, and it is Zach. Eventually on the phone, it's going to be Sherry, too. And we're going to do a little poetry slam for you today. Too bad I'm dancing right now. I know. We're doing a little jigging. Where's this from? When you have a podcast, you do things different. You know, we're not set to a format. And we've really been kind of pushing our boundaries a little bit lately. We were talking with the new Not A Book Club series that we've been doing we're pushing lots of boundaries we've been, you know why not have some fun we're in not fact we're all naked right now exactly yeah. oh, which God. in some cases it's not that good I'm, i've which got is, my underneath our clothes we are which is called <laughs> the signing of several petitions in my neighborhood <laughs> <laughs> is this why you asked if it was going to be pg-13 yeah i know so so yes ian is already rotating the room <laughs> it's like no i'm out of here you're gonna go play pool all right, bye. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wanted to do something different, and what you know, we're all going to talk about poetry. It, it sounds silly, but you know what? There's just so much emotion and so much cool stuff out there, and so much different things that can be done in in a poem. And now, uh, you know, we we're uh, kind of jokingly calling it the poetry slam, which is more of like a competition kind of a thing. Um, but we're not slamming on. But that, we're not going to slam poets, and we're not going to be competing with each other. I think we just right now, just off the the cuff, this is the first time we've tried anything like this. We're just going to like just go through some poems that we've found or uh, ones that we've been exposed to over the years and just kind of go from there. Now, Tanya, you brought up an interesting point really early on when we, were, when we were talking about this before we got recording. Um, you, you know, you have go ahead. You, well, you, you carry it. Well, I for those that don't know, um, I graduated with an English literature degree mm-hmm. um, way, back, way back in 1994. Mm, 95 a, for me. A galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and I've. I mean, I find that I lean more towards the short story aspect of literature rather than the poems. And granted, I do have some of my my favorite poems. Like we were talking earlier, the the Robert Frost to road the road not taken. Of mm-hmm. course, that that seems to be the, the college the, student the, standard, right? And it seemed to be the one that could um, be used for people's um, lives and things like that. And that's the one that I jumped to initially when we were getting ready to talk about this earlier this week. And then then starting to think about it, I'm like, okay, then I go from the Robert Frost to the Edgar Allan Poe and I pulled up the Raven, nevermore type thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's another like favorite, but it's not one I can quote. But as I said, I lean more towards the short story type piece because we're looking at what's the difference between a poem and a short story, and they're they're both pretty short. Okay, not yeah. not you <laughs> have been obviously not been studying epic poems. No, no, not like the Iliad and the yeah. Odyssey and all that type and all the the Shakespearean types. Mm-hmm. But the I, what I think I like about the the short story aspect, it's a narrative and it's usually like first person right. or something, and it and it tells like a quick little story that you don't necessarily have to read into what the particular meaning or the theme or whatever because it's usually given out there um, very explicit based on what the story is about. Whereas the poems, you have to like really dig in between the two lines and interpret it and mm-hmm. things like that. And it takes a little while longer and a little more work to, to really get to the nitty gritty of Well, poems. and I think that's kind and, of the interesting thing about poems is that they are 
they're they're paintings with words, not colors. All right. So and and you kind of you you said something that kind of struck on the nerve that I was thinking about in terms of, of a poem. Sorry. There is interpretive. You interpret the poem. You can you can look and then two or three people can look at a, diff, a poem the same or the in, same poem in different the same ways. poem in different ways. Exactly. It's the same thing with with paintings. You know, you can look at the colors, you can look at the expressions, and everybody's going to take something away from it. Where a short story kind of tells the story to everybody. So you may take something differently from a story, but it, it, it's still going to have the beginning, middle, and end. And it's still going to, the same result is going to be at the end of the story for everybody. So that's kind of cool where I think, you know, poetry, you know, when, when you're in school and the, the English teacher says, okay, we're going to be studying poems today. We're going to, the oh, collective. Even me being the English teacher was the collective groan yeah, that I have to teach seriously. poetry because there's a lot of times where I just don't get it. Uh-huh. And, and, and I kind of feel stupid in front of the kids because I don't get what the the poet is trying to get across. But whereas I understand the mm-hmm. the, the short stories much better, and mm-hmm. I had to do a lot of digging in. And that's why I teach math now. And that's why you teach math now. <laughs> well, maybe Plus, Kafka accepted because the short because story everyone else yeah. in my building said math is evil. You get it. But Take but that. language is that thing. It's it, it's it's a living creature, and and you see it kind of really. You see it and you you see it in your TV. You see it in your movies. You see it on the newspaper and magazines and whatnot. But I, I think you really get that expression when, when you have, um, you know, that poem. It, it I've gotten a better appreciation for, you know, poetry as I've gotten older, I've noticed, because, you know, with experience comes perspective. And you can look back at things and see it a little bit differently. Like for Ian and Becca, you know, poetry is still... You know, Becca's kind of very non-committal about it. She just shrugged at me, like you know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, it's a necessary is it a, is evil it a thing? for high school. Is it like the necessary what? evil, or do you have any uh, kind of any attachment to it whatsoever? Has it done anything where you were like, oh, that was kind of cool, or is it just kind of like, oh, can I get past this and get something else interesting? I don't know. We didn't do a lot of poems this past year. Uh huh. I haven't really done poems since like freshman year. Okay. You know, I think um, the whole shift with the um, English language arts curriculum and the Common Core standards, oh, we go on to the educational field, they don't necessarily focus in on the different genres of mm-hmm. literature and the um, like the poems and the short stories and things like that. It's more of that the students will, will read, write, speak, listen, and be able to interpret the different types of um literatures and the the poems and the stories and the novels and things like that Mm -hmm. so it's never like not okay we're in our poetry unit now and we're going to look at a lot of different poems that blah 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 it's more of like theme generated that there's a that there's a, a reading passage that has to do with life and then there's a poem that has to do with life and then there's uh, text narrative that has to do it, and then people have to compare and contrast and come up with that specific theme now. So hmm. it's kind of different than when we were in school 20-plus years ago. Where they taught us how to think instead of how to take a test? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So let's, so let's, let's so I think that's the difference. Yeah. So let's let's jump into it. Let's have a little fun today. Let's let's think about some of the, the words that have made us smile and made us think and whatnot. And and uh, as as luck would have it, I'm going to look at Billy and say, Billy, why don't you go ahead and, and lead us off? Okay. Well, as you were talking about your definitions of poetry, uh-huh. as y'all know, I'm on the radio. Oh and yes. I, and I love music. Yes, you do. And uh, that even, was the other thing I wanted. That's to. a great expression of poetry even, too. Is music exactly? Even before I was on the radio, Billy from the right time on. I was a little little kid, I, I, I always loved music and always always sort of gravitated towards the singer songwriters and um, the the people who could write songs and and good and great lyrics as far as I'm concerned and two of my favorites are Bruce Springsteen 
and Bob Dylan, who okay. won a, a Nobel Peace Prize mm-hmm. recently Absolute, for poetry. Absolutely. So I, I've, I'll let you choose. Do you want to hear me recite something from um, the boss, Mr. Springsteen, or uh, or Mr. Dylan? Let's go Dylan. Dylan. Okay. Let's uh, go Dylan. Let's go with the, the Nobel Prize. Okay. Then uh, one of my favorite songs is from his album, Infidels. I believe it came out in like 81-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name of the song is Joker Man. And okay. I'm not going to do all six minutes of the song, but there's a particular verse uh-huh. that's always been sort of one of my favorites, and I always sort of makes me smile when I hear it. And do you want me to do it in Bob Dylan's voice? Or no, please no. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if well, I can. Well, the book I'm living in is. Okay. Um, and <laughs> you, you like that. It wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> we lost Tanya there. Yeah. yeah. All right, let her roll. Okay, from Joker Man. Well, the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, the law of the jungle and the sea are your only teachers. In the smoke of a twilight on a milk-white steed, Michelangelo indeed could have carved out your features. Resting in the fields far from the turbulent space, half asleep neath the stars with a small dog licking your face. (laughs) And I, I, I just really like the imagery of yeah. laying in the field with, There's a lot with of a dog it. and it, it coming up the And I, I think that's a pretty verse in the midst of just a, a ton of verses of this song. That, But that one always sticks out to me. Can, we, well, let's, can we make that song the out cue for this podcast when we're done today? Yeah. That would be cool. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll roll that out just so everybody can hear it in, its, in the context of its music. That, that's great. Yeah. Okay. And that's like the fourth verse in. But okay. I, I, you know, for it, me, it's, for Dylan, too, one of the biggest ones for just song, the incredible imagery is Changing of the Guard. Oh, mm-hmm. it's a great song. Just a, It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And and do do we so do we see a lot of that? I mean, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna channel the Backstreet Boys or InSync or any of you know the modern top 40s, but you know we have we have musicians who were where they took their poetry and put it to music, well, like Jim Morrison. Jim, from the uh, yeah, I was just going to the Leonard Doors. Cohen. I mean, that's yeah. when I, when I was in high school, I went through a huge Doors phase. Okay, and you know, and I think we all did. Eleventh grade, which uh-huh. for me was 1981 or 82. Uh-huh. Uh We did a poetry thing in my English class in high school, and I picked up Jim Morrison's poetry book. He had you know books of poetry. Right, he had a couple and, published, didn't he? Yes, he did, mm-hmm. and you know that was one that I really enjoyed because I was a big mm-hmm. Doors fan. And, and and who else can we think of? I mean, Queen, Pink Floyd, yeah. crying out loud. Did you ever see the meme they had on where they had Beyond? This would said 16 songwriters, like, do, do, die, I love you. Then Freddie Mercury, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, tell me again about Beyonce's artistry now. Yeah. Um, all right, so I'm going to look to the left side of the table at this point. Zach, Rob, do you guys have anything you yeah, want? A couple of years ago, because I do go to a lot of theater things, I wanted to fill up my Shakespeare collection and, okay. and read what I hadn't read. Mm-hmm. So I went through those. And I find reading poetry aloud does something. Because mm-hmm. you really embrace the words. Mm-hmm. But I can do a very brief quote from Macbeth because... I forget everything. Is it <laughs> toil, toil, boil, and bubble? Yeah. No, bubble that's and just I, yeah. no, that's just what I live with every day. Oh. <laughs> Cut that part off. So let me adopt my William Shatner voice for a minute. This oh, here we go. The Angels are bright still, though the brightest fell. While all things foul, aspire to wear the mantle of grace, yet grace remains so. Sulu, my ship, my. <laughs> and and uh, that's from what again? Han, uh, Macbeth. The that's last from Macbeth? Act. It's like near the end of it. Okay. Yeah. So this is where the woods are marching on uh, Dunsamore or yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just happen to look over at the screen in front of Tanya and I'm like, I don't, wait, <laughs> I'm like, don't I know, say anything. I'm not kidding. 
Don't look at that screen. Yeah, well, just let's just say oh. Shel Silverstein is very popular. In it the is. Room. I'm, yeah. I'm going back to my uh, second uh-huh. grade year. Okay. Yes, when we had to do poems. How about you, Zachary? Well, the problem I have is, <clears throat> I kind of mentioned it off mic a while ago. Right. I have difficulty reading poems, plays, mm-hmm. because for me, I can't really get the timing of it down. Is, is it really, though, of- is that a mandatory thing? I mean, here's the thing, like we were saying, poet- poetry is art with words, so you take from it what you want, so who's to say your cadence is, you know, may be different from mine, but is it wrong? Right. That's the thing. But my thought is, mm-hmm. if you read it in a different way, uh-huh. could it possibly provide a different meaning? True. Depending on the emphasis you put on what particular yeah. passage. Uh-huh. That's what punctuation is yeah. for. Yeah. Friends, Romans, countrymen, <laughs> well, lend me yours or lend me yours. Yeah, exactly. yeah it's yeah. probably also the intonation that you put in there. And trying to figure out... Is it supposed to be in a cadence that rhymes? Is right. it a cadence that, mm-hmm. like, like the Shakespearean sonnets that have the rhyming couplet at the end, in, or, it, or every just every line rhymes, right? Or every, or every other? other? Does it have is to it rhyme a, at all? Yeah, exactly. Is it and an A B A B C D C D type pattern mm-hmm. type? So yeah, so that's the thing. Or is it just where do you take the breath? Where do you stop? Where? Mm-hmm. So that that I think that's all. That's a struggle. Yeah, it it is for me because, like you, I do kind of prefer the short story, okay. You know, aspect of it. It's not to say I don't like poetry. Like I've read poems. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I'm a, the biggest poetry fan right now, mm-hmm. but I've definitely noticed, like you were saying, as I've gotten a little Mature. older. No, let's not use that word. No, 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 no. Because you haven't matured. As I've increased, no. as I've increased in age, <laughs> that the things I that the things I like are a lot. You know, a lot different uh-huh. now. Like when I was in high school, I wouldn't have read Poe, right, or anything I love like that. But now Poe. I read. Yeah. But now I read Poe. I've tried on numerous occasions to read Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. It's getting a little easier now. It, it, what's easier about Shakespeare is they have a translated version, so you don't have to read it in the old English and the Shakespearean English, even though it's kind of fun trying to do it, oh. but but it's kind of forsooth, forsake. Yeah. Look at, look Hell, at, and who goeth there? Look at my The translation, face. yo man, what's up? Yeah. Well, like, so. like, but was your problem that you were drinking old English while you were That was the Because I had a copy of uh, the, the Canterbury Tales, mm-hmm. okay, and it was, on the one page, it was the in old, old Ger- German, German or old yeah. English, then the and other then the side. modern English. And I don't know why, just for me, I couldn't get into them personally. I just didn't find them all that yeah, yeah, gripping, think, as it were. It's kind of like you ju- you have to take each Canterbury tale as, it's, as, an, individual as an individual story. You can't just like pick it up and start reading the beginning to the end. Because I took a Chaucer class at Nazareth, and th- that's the thing. It's like we were given the knight's tale or whatever, and this tale and this tale, but we didn't read them all. Yeah. So... So kind of like pick and choose, but really, mm-hmm. I couldn't name any mm-hmm. particular poem okay. poet personally. That's fine. I mean, as weird as it sounds, uh, when I graduated high school, my mom gave me a Dr. Seuss book. I love was that. it um, all the places you go. That's the one. I that's think like, that's like the standard. That's, that's it's the standard Dr. Seuss for graduation. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. And you know, stuff like that. It's just it's easy mm-hmm. and it makes and it hits you one mm-hmm. fish two fish red fish blue fish exactly. <laughs> the, the greatest social commentary foot, of anything foot. i will not eat them yeah. in a boat <laughs> i will not eat them with a goat i will not eat them with a goat i, I will not eat the i will not eat you green think? eggs and ham that's basically how do you live with siler's food service at st john fisher oh, well, <laughs> soil, soil and green is you know <laughs> 
right. So I mean, yeah. that's, that's just my thoughts on it. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, yeah. yeah, you go back to the the joys of Dr. Seuss. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, because you know when you're a kid, it's like, it's oh, this fun. is fun, it's, but it's like, wow, he's it's a, like Wacky a Wednesday. Very yeah, talented there's a wordsmith. wacket in my pocket type yeah. thing. So. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You know, you, Poe too. I mean, a lot of people are raving about Edgar Allan Poe's poetry, mm-hmm. but it's still very dark. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. I don't think anybody else heard that one. No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, what, people are raving say? about Edgar Allan. Oh! Billy's, Billy's going to punch it up. A lot of his poetry, people don't, like, everybody hears about the raven. A lot of his poetry is very good, very lyrical. The bells, uh-huh. you know, a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah, we totally For whom the bells told Good for you. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't I wasn't experiencing least, that one alone. He's, you he all circled, were coming with me. He circled back around on that it's one, like, so we appreciate that. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, so you don't have anything for today's session, unfortunately. Then, but no. an observation, but a good observation, observation on the observation on yeah. the and, and, genre and, of writing. In addition to the discussion, yes. that's fine. That's cool. And Ms. Thank Becca? you, that. Miss Becca. Hi, hi, Becca, 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 Becca. What do you got for us, Becca? Is that a poem, Becca, 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 Becca? Oh, no, God. that's it better that's not free be. verse. Oh man. Okay, so you said slam poetry, and my mind actually just went straight to. Like slam poetry competition. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't think you meant actual poetry, so I was like, oh, wait, that's came out wrong. We're, we're, you know, it's but here's poetry. the thing is, <laughs> we're, we're learning and evolving together, Becca. <laughs> do, you, do you have anything or are you just kind of rolling along? Look, I got a list here. He's got a list. She's got a list. All the, right. The ones by Patrick are darker. Slam Poetry Gems by <laughs> Becca. The Future by Neil Hilborn. He's my favorite. Okay, let me look it up. Okay. I've got them on my phone as well. All right. So we're going to look that up. Would and you like to uh, do uh, perform it while doing an interpretive dance? <laughs> this guy looks like Will Wheaton. Well with interpretive dance. It does look like This guy looks like Will Wheaton, or is it just me? Wheaton. Wheaton. Does. All right. That's, okay. that's, uh, and then there's another one. Click up another tab real quick. There's, I like the first line of that one. There's audiobook by, by the same guy, Neil Hilborn. You gotta type faster than that. Come on, Tanya. <laughs> Leave Hunt and Peck alone. Audiobook, one word. I got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Oh. All right. All right. So you want to be unhappy is the first line. Yes. Okay, sure. All right. We're we're <laughs> okay. So, so so. All right. So I'm gonna fire off the list so that we have this basically recorded, and then we can go back and we can talk about mm-hmm. it as we go. All right, so we have The Future by Neil Hilborn. We have Audiobook by Neil Hilborn. 21 by Patrick Roche. Uh, Siri, A Coping Mechanism by Patrick Roche. <laughs> Pluto Shits on the Universe by Fatima... I, who's this? Fatima Asgar? I think. Asgav? I, I don't, I've I, just seen the videos. I just love the name. <laughs> uh, if I Was Your God by Dave Mc, McEllenden. True gem. Okay, and God is Gay by Elliot Darrow. You're you're going in. You're like the high school girls. I love it. They go right on the edge, don't they? <laughs> Holy crap! Oh my god! A little different. Wowzers! School. Okay, um. <laughs> it's not the poetry that I grew up with. No, it's he said not. Slam it's poetry. I did right to the competitions. Hey, no, that's awesome. <laughs> no, seriously, that's you know uh, we're all evolving together. Elliot Darrow. <laughs> Elliot Darrow. God uh-huh. is gay. Uh-huh. All right. Um, pull that. Up. Let's see if we can pull up text on that. So. I've got text for the like last three. I'm sorry. Sorry. What was that? That, that was that was another <laughs> that uh, was master an... poet that, that was... I, I was queuing up. All right, but, I'm uh... going to send this list back to Becca. Sorry. Very cool. No? Okay. What if I told you God is gay? Do you think belligerent Bible belters would still holler hate speech to the hilltops in his name? 
Or do you think they would reread the scriptures they say they swear and survive by? See, I've been reading the Bible again lately, and I think I've taken a leaf from their holy book, picking passages for my purpose, which is in short to let you know it's very possible that God is gay. I mean, think about the book of Genesis. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and it, it wasn't, wasn't just good, good. it was fabulous. fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It goes on. There's a lot more here. This is cool. I'm going to definitely. I have to admit, I like it. Can you, that. Becca, on the Area 42 uh, board, can you post that list again so we all have access to that? All right. I'll find the links to the videos as well. Smashing. That is outstanding. <laughs> and and that brings it to the modern generation because we've talked about Poe and we've talked about Shel Silverstein and we've talked about Dr. Seuss. And those are people that we all grew up with, and we're all, you know, freaking old now. So here's here's young Becca, <laughs> our our senior in high school, and uh, and she's seeing things from mm-hmm. from her perspective and bringing us a different message, different feel, different vibe, and I'm loving it. That's that, exactly that, what we were hoping for. That's it's really a, cool. And, <laughs> and forgotten that God gave us the rainbow. God gave us the rainbow, wow. and it's a promise that we will never be flooded again, either with rain or ignorance. Oh wow. And that's definitely a very Dude, poignant line for, the, for modern no, society. Deep. My that's favorite deep. part in that entire thing is when he goes on to like the use of the word uh, faggot. Uh huh. It's a bundle of sticks. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. That's what it used to be. And then yeah. he goes on, but Moses came across wood on fire and saw God in it. What is a burning bush but bundles of branches on fire? Wow. Isn't it funny how faggots and God can look the same sometimes? Gee, wow. And then the next line is, oh, keep crap. in mind Jesus had two dads and turned out just fine. In fact, Jesus had two dads and a surrogate mother. That never had sex with either of them. Maybe Mary was a lesbian. And I remember the prayer going, Hail Mary, full of grace, not full of sin. Pray for us sinners, for we've become blinded by bigotry. Yeah. And then the line, and forgotten that God gave us the rainbow. That is outstanding. Oh, wow. Becca. That's like awesome. Awesome, <laughs> that, Becca. That's like really there you enlightening, go. actually. I yeah. Gotta, I got to admit it. Yeah. Like, we're we're going to well, really post some of these links because I want people I, to see this. Yeah. I went to Nazareth, which is a very Christian Catholic type college and i took um religions of the west so we studied christianity judaism and islam Mm -hmm. and my professor is like are you going to read the bible with your blinders on type thing because this was written at this time and this was written at this time and this is written at this time or are you going to interpret it Uh uh-huh and and that's definitely what we're doing is we're interpreting it to what we can see the vision yeah that's that's (laughs) I, this is this we is almost this is the moment today. I was hoping for. This Becca is really the moment I was hoping for. Becca wins the poetry oh, no. slam, hands That's down. It. Hands That's down. It. She found some great stuff. We're gonna. I'm not getting fired today. Yay! At least not this down. Chris, yeah. you're fired. Wait, what? <laughs> you fired yourself? I did. Mm. It's strange how that works out sometimes. All right, so let me let's see this. This was audiobook by audiobook. Neil Hillborn. Let me just read the first verse on this one. So you want to be unhappy? You probably think that you need to be in pain and to be an interesting person, and you're right. People who care about you will tell you that you don't need to suffer to be important. But just remember, munis- musicians are always most popular the day after they die. Their mm-hmm. sales oh, increase. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> my mind. Especially oh. recently with Chris yeah. Cornell and, oh. and Chester yeah. Benningfield passing so, away. So are you ready to matter to someone? Step one, hate yourself. Oh, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. You are presumably <laughs> a human being between the ages of alive and dead. So chances <laughs> are you're already there. Congratulations. Congratulations. Step two, fall in love. People will tell you that this takes years, but we have the secret method that will allow you to fall for anyone in under a week. The trick is you must be completely unable to tell the difference between love and codependence. Nice. Oh, God. (laughs) Step three, fall in love again. People will tell you that this is impossible given the love already inside you. 
But they don't know you. Your love is limitless. Your heart is a well that goes all the way down. You can fit everyone in there, but remember to lie about it. Love can't exist in the knowledge of other love. And this is where we're not going to be family friendly anymore. Okay. Step four. Here we go. At this point, you may be debating your decision to totally fuck up your life. So ask yourself, would you rather be happy or interesting? Would you rather be on the news or just watching it? Happy people don't make history. Happy Happy people people make children children then die. (laughs) (laughs) Step five. Are we going to keep going with it? Yes. Develop a mental disorder that makes you aloof and impossible to contact. When someone accuses you of being a bad person, call them insensitive. Instant moral superiority. Wow. Let me take step step six. (laughs) All of the elements are in place. Now start sabotaging your own life. This isn't crazy. This is research. This is material. This is necessary for your personal growth. Step seven, you've been in love with two people for a while now. Tell them about each other. Whichever one stays is the winner. Step eight, call your boss a fascist dog lover. I think he actually says like a fascist chipmunk lover. (laughs) Whatever fuzzy furry thing that's out there. Tell your friends fun lies about your other friends. Tell your mother she was the reason you tried to kill yourself. I'm sorry, Mom. It isn't just depression without total isolation. Nine, do something to hurt yourself. It may be a bicycle accident. It may be a razor. Literal or not, you make yourself bleed. Step, step 10, create something. Paint your scars on the side of the building. Write a poem and shout it out at strangers. The misery circus is parading into town and you are holding the banner. Miles of people are following you. They're all wearing gray. A rainbow of gray. They're all watching as That's they kick themselves image. bloody on their own feet. You uh-huh. have scars and everyone wants to kiss them. This is a stigmata of pornography. This is inspiration. You are why they are still alive. You are the morning in the world of midnights. You are so brave, and they want to be brave just like you. Look at every look at what you have built. Everything you have loved is gone. Tell yourself it was worth it. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Man, poetry sure has changed from the days of red and violets yes. and blue. Oh, yeah, it, there you go. It caused me to say the F word in here. It, <laughs> that, was, that, your, it was your turn this time. Yeah. yeah. That is wild. Well, you should cheer myself up with Sylvia Plath. I'm the future? Okay. I know. Be- Becca's going to read the future. Becca's going to read the future? Do you have tarot one. cards? Are you using that, palmistry? That, uh, Dice? What? Do you want to read it on the, the computer screen? It's much bigger. Okay. She got, I got it. I, got, I had it pulled up earlier. She has, she has young <laughs> eyes as opposed to us that are all in bifocals. <laughs> Go for it. The worst thing about being naked and then being hit by a car is that road rash is a problem for skin. That sucks. I know this guy. I've seen this guy perform. Okay, this is the guy who's like heavy, like autism, ADD or something no, like that. Is, I don't no, know. this one is no, about bipolar. Me. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's the guy. I've, I've seen this guy perform this, this poem. It's awesome. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Why was I naked in the middle of the road at noon? I'm glad you asked imaginary other half of this conversation. I have no idea. Some characteristics of bipolar disorder include dissociation, hallucination, and fugue states. So sometimes I wake up in places I didn't go to sleep. So, that there would I am, suck. nude, splayed out on a car like a slutty chicken, and I'm screaming <laughs> about this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> we'll fix that in post. <laughs> no, that's, no. That's, that's, that, keep that one raw. That's good. All right, take a breath, pick it up. And I'm screaming about the government conspiracy to take away my feet. Not my real feet, just my brain feet. I'm about six inches away from the concrete when I realize in slow motion, like the exact opposite of a rhinoceros attack, this is not how I imagined my life would turn out. When I was young, I broke both my ankles jumping off a roof because I was sure a cape would enable me to fly. My parents attributed this to my strong imagination, 
Last year, my therapist called it a delusion. I failed to see the difference. Also, I really can fly and see the future and make stupid people leave coffee shops with my mind, 43% of the time. Sometimes I see people as colors. For instance, this guy right here is purple, which means he just got a promotion. Or a blowjob. A blow motion, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I, should, I should find a beep. <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. <laughs> Oh, God. The point is, here is a list of things my brain has told me to do. Join a cult. Start a cult. Become a cabinet maker. Kill myself. So, in essence, become a cabinet maker. <laughs> Break into and then paint other people's houses. Have sex with literally anyone who reminds me of my mother. Fight people who are much fightier than me, like hmm. the cops. So, in essence, kill myself. I think a lot about killing myself. Not like a point on a map, but rather like a glowing exit sign at a show that's never been quite bad enough to make me want to leave. See, when I'm up, I don't kill myself because holy shit, there's so much left to do. When I'm down, I don't kill myself because then the sadness would be over, and the sadness is my old paint under the new. The sadness is the house fire of the, or the broken shoulder. I'd still be me without it, but I'd be so boring. They keep telling me seeing things that aren't technically there is called disturbed cognitive functioning. I call it having a superpower. Once, I pulled over on the 110 freeway and jumped out of my old Jeep because I saw it burst into flames, 20 seconds before it actually burst into flames. I knew my girlfriend and I would be together because she turned bright pink the first time she saw me. I know tomorrow is going to come because I've seen it. Sunrise is going to come. All you have to do is wake up. The future has been at war, but it's coming home so soon. The future looks like a child in a cape. The future is the map and the treasure. The future looks just like gravity. Everyone is slowly drifting towards everyone else. We are all going to be part of each other one day. The future is a blue sky and a full tank of gas. I saw the future. I did. And in it, I was alive. Damn. That is, that's, I wow. Love this guy. That is, he's awesome. I, I have seen him perform uh, on YouTube Dude. videos and whatnot. And, mm -hmm. and he, there is a certain, he's, he's almost manic. And he rides this edge like, between... You know, between fire wow. and, and and water, it's 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 wild to see him in action. Especially and, if you watch his OCD. Oh yeah. Poem. Uh -huh. Like he is wild on that one. That's now who is that again? Is that uh, Neil, Neil Hill? Yeah, Neil Hillborn. Okay, see the I didn't recognize him. He looks like Will Wheaton in this picture, but in the, the t videos I've seen him, and he's like shaved his head, so it's like he's had very different looks in different. Videos. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Wow, that's powerful. That's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a long way from Shel Silverstein. Seriously, Gosh. we are a long and, way. And from I Shel. have a Shel Silverstein one. So, well, oh, I'll tell you man. what. Let's uh, let's round it out, and then we're gonna cut to we're gonna cut to break. All right, and, um, and we'll take a little breather, and we'll get ourselves together for a, a second half. So, go ahead and take us out of the first okay. first block of this this podcast. This is going back to I want to say 1980 when I was in second grade. Uh -huh. I think Billy was. 1980? 1980. Okay, 10th uh, grade. 10th grade, yes. Uh -huh. So I was in second. And I remember the um, teacher, Miss Johnson, she had us doing a poetry thing, and it was we all took different poems from Shel Silverstein. And for some reason, I got the poem Hat. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is the one that I got. So, so, so I'm going to read Hat by Shel Silverstein. Teddy said it was a hat, so I put it on. Now, Dad is saying... Where the heck's the toilet plunger gone? Yeah, and then there's the, the illustration next to it is a little girl with a toilet plunger stuck to her head. And somewhere, that's phenomenal. somehow, 
There is a picture at my mom's house uh-huh. with a clean to- toilet plunger on my head from second grade in the poetry thing. Phenomenal. Yes. I need that picture. I need that no. picture in my life. That's <laughs> so, going to become yeah, the so, new FC3 icon picture on, oh on, on Facebook. That's so, phenomenal. So to kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. That was... And, We've had some good stuff here yeah, today. Had, I'm really enjoying no, this so it's far. Definitely this been this great. conversation's been a lot lot cooler than I even expected it to be. So all right, well, so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to we're going to uh, put some stuff together good, yeah. and and we're going to come back and and do some more. So we'll and, talk and, and as we take the break, I'll, uh-huh. I'll uh, let you listen to one of my favorite master poets, a, a young lady by the name of Lisa Simpson. Nice. We'll be right oh. back with you. Absolutely. Lisa, you like homework? Could you fill out this form for me? Well, all right. If you listen to the poem I just wrote. Oh, okay. Meditations on Turning Eight by Lisa Simpson. I had a cat named Snowball. She died. She died. Mom said she was sleeping. She lied. She lied. Why, oh, why is my cat dead? Couldn't that Chrysler hit me instead? I had a hamster named Snuffy. He died. No deal. One. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, and all things in between. So, hey, we're having some fun so far. We've, we are. Uh, we've uh, we've talked about some really interesting things. We've read some poems that uh, that have made us laugh we've and made us think. We've been able to uh, gather our senses back together. Yeah. yeah, we stopped. We were laughing our butts off at one point, and because you know Tanya was focusing on the whole splayed out like a, a, a like a slutty, <laughs> slutty chicken, chicken on top of the car. on top of a car. So that was definitely an image that we were having some fun with. What does a slutty chicken look like? I don't think we really want to know that. <laughs> Is it like right a now. red dress? It's and... probably yeah. And some lipstick, yeah. Uh, you know, okay. Fishnet stockings, what? Fishnet stockings. <laughs> <laughs> L- looking for a. Never mind. Yeah. It didn't <laughs> cross the look, road. It, it went across the road, and that's don't why I got. Google it. Don't don't do it. Don't oh. Google it. It's out there somewhere. All right, and now, uh, and we're back, it. and on the phone with us is is our our favorite Sherry, uh, from the Rome Utica area. Hi, hon. How you doing? Okay. Sherry, doing well. There Good, go. and she's getting ready to uh, to join the conversation, join the fun. Get get that <laughs> off the 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 the, the oh, Christmas. You guys can see it. That's she why. Google slutty chicken. <laughs> All right, you back off. I know he's right. he's invading space a lot. I tell so, you. Ian Ian's all over the room today. Ugh. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna bring we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring things back. We're gonna start off, and and I'm gonna join the fray here a little bit myself. Oh, and Sherry, before we went into as we started recording, I st- uh, did uh, invitation from Shel Silverstein. Oh, one of my favorites. I knew that. See, and I knew you were gonna be part of this one, so I figured that would be a great way to get but you things didn't rolling. Hear him recite it. Yeah, it was fun. You'll well, you'll hear the recording. It'll be good. All right. So way back in the day, we were we were talking about. Um, <laughs> Did we hurt his feelings? Huh? Did we hurt his feelings? Ian's no. He's just tired. He only got like four and a half hours of sleep last night. That's their own fault. Yeah. Well, you know, teenage boy ended a sleepover. What are you going to do? Okay. All right. So we've talked about in, in the first half of the the conversation. We talked about how perspective of poetry can change as you mature, as you go older, as you just gain more years, whatever how you ever want to describe it. Um, and how when you're in high school, the poetry section makes you kind of grow, uh, great. And then when you're in college, you're, you're kind of like learning a little no, bit more. And you're still, and no. you're still kind of, thing. <laughs> and then as you get older you, and your perspective changes and your experiences kind of mold you and change you and, and you evolve, you look back at these words and you start seeing things a little bit differently. Now, for me, I was an English major in college. I was an English major, political science minor. And so I studied words. I studied language. I studied how it worked and how it manipulated not only the situation but people, uh, and and how it changed perceptions and whatnot. And for me, it was this poem. And I don't. I honestly, to I've this never day, heard this poem. To this day, I have no idea what about this particular poem has caught my attention so much. 
but I it, it has been in the back of my mind for almost 30 years at this point. And, and it's uh, by Gary Snyder, who was, who was known for being one of the great beat poets of the 60s. And, and uh, it's called for, As for Poets. So he's talking about poets and how they evolve and whatnot. And I'm going to read it, and then we can either talk about it or brush by and, and talk about something else, Springsteen lyrics, for instance, and we'll go from there. But anyway, here's, here's As for Poets by Gary Snyder. As for poets, the earth poets who write small poems need help from no man. The air poets play out the swiftest gales and sometimes lull in the eddies, poem after poem curling back on that same thrust. At 50 below, fuel oil won't flow and propane stays in the tank. Fire poets burn at absolute zero, fossil love pumped back up. The first water poet stayed down six years. He was covered with seaweed. The life in his poem left millions of tiny different tracks crisscrossing through the mud. With the sun and moon in his belly, the space poet sleeps. No end to the sky, but his poems like wild geese fly off the edge. A mind poet stays in the house. The house is empty, and it has no walls. The poem is seen from all sides, everywhere, at once. Wow. And then that's cool. I just I loved the way that, that I always yeah, loved the way imagery. that felt. I like the image. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. always loved the way that felt. It yep. seems that it takes all the different like people's personalities and like people that just like the earth poets are the ones that mm-hmm. write just the small things mm-hmm. type thing. But then the fire poets that they're so like burning whatever, and then they kind of explode something out. So it's like just looking at different people's like personalities. Mm-hmm. So and and I remember in when I was in that that lit class where I read this for the first time uh, after a couple of weeks after I'd read it, uh, our teacher was showing us videos of various uh, poems and poets. And this was when I was at Brockport. So I don't remember the, the exact professor. I can, I can see his face. I can't think of it. And he had a video of this very poet being read uh, this poem being read by the Pope, by Gary Snyder himself. And the way he delivered these lines and I'm not doing it any justice in my opinion, but just the way he delivered the lines and the way that it was almost a meticulous uh, a different character in his in his voice each time he switched stanzas, and I'm I, I was in. This was this was like this has been one of my favorite poets ever. So that's I figured yeah, that was my I mean, contribution. Yeah, I mean, like like listening for like the air poets. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like just looking at like listening to like someone like playing flute or something and just like bebopping yeah. off into the yeah. sky and jumping from cloud to cloud mm-hmm. and things like that. And it was just like that type of imagery that I was getting listening to it, and like the so th- wind blowing back and forth. That's it. And it just that so, and it just always spoke to me. So anyway, that's that's why I'm sharing today. So, what do you think, Cher? I think it was really interesting. That's probably a poem that I would have to sit down and read and really think about. That's not mm-hmm. something that I think I can just. Oh, I like it. I don't like it. That's that's pretty. There's some in-depth stuff in there. It's pretty yeah. deep. Schnazzy. Absolutely. Look at me pulling out the good stuff. Ah, oh, yeah. <laughs> How oh, long did you work yeah. on that? How long did no? I knew as soon as <laughs> as soon as somebody had said because it wasn't the doing this poetry episode of of the podcast was not my idea. I don't remember who suggested it, but it popped up, and I'm like, my God, that's a great idea. And as was soon it as, an Area 42 thing? I think it was. I think somebody we were just chatting about well, it. I remember how how it came about, Chris, and it was your idea. It was my idea. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Wow, I'm smart. Yes, I'm <laughs> it happens every so often. 
I sent you a poem and you said, we should do a poetry slam. Okay. I'm going to take credit for that then. I didn't know I could. That's awesome. <laughs> Thanks for that, Cher. <laughs> what have you invented that you forgot? I know, oh, seriously. Millions. Now, now I have to sit back and go, what other great ideas have I had that I, I'm giving other people credit <laughs> for? the fidget thing that got around. Velcro yeah. was mine. Velcro was all me. Yeah, that was me. That was completely me. And uh, oh, and, and Facebook just told me I have memories. And, and so I was paging through them and I found an article where a giant fossil found in Antar- the Antarctic shows penguins once stood six foot eight tall and weighed over 250 pounds. They're bigger than Those you. are awesome penguins. Man, I would not want to tangle with that penguin. Penguins are awesome. Yeah. Did you imagine that thing torpedoing through the water? Uh, anyway. All right. So, so, <laughs> but we digress, Yes, folks. we do. We always do. I'm just stunned that this was my idea. I really am. Right now, I'm like, oh my God, this was me? Okay, cool. All right. So, Sherry, uh, carry us forward. I want to hear something you've got because you had a couple of great selections, and I know we hemmed in hot over picking one. But uh, let me uh, let me hear the one we talked about first. Okay, um, this one is called "Who Taught You to Be Small" by Tyler Kent White, mm-hmm. who is uh, one of my favorite free verse poets. Okay, and it's "Who Taught You to Be Small?" Who taught you that those cracks were flaws? Taught you that your light couldn't shine through the fractures and the scars? Who told you to want what you were given and did not want? Told you that any love was better than searching for the only one meant for you. The one that has always been inside yourself. Do not listen to them. Their mouths filled with turpentine and cyanide. They will strip all that is gold from your feathered limbs and leave you unraveled, all pockmarked, pink-skinned, and alabaster-boned. You are not made to be grounded. You need the crisp air, a belly full of laughter, a heart carrying so much love you feel the seams stretch. Mostly, you need to realize that one by one the population has swelled to billions, but even still you were hand-selected, all beauty and flaw to never be replicated. You are the finest art to ever be created. Wow. I love that one. I love that one. Yeah, because it's, you know, what, what have we heard? We've heard so many people... You know, you're doing that wrong. Oh, you've said that wrong. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm judging you now, and I'm going to judge you now, and I'm going to put you into your little box. And here's this guy who's coming along and saying, um, no, who, who taught you that? You know, get get out, get beyond that. So that's, <laughs> I don't know that that one when when she sent me the selections of one she'd uh, she'd been thinking about that one just kind of like here spotlight. Look at this. Okay, I feel better now. What I what I love about this poem is mm-hmm. that it you don't have to be perfect to be perfect. Right. That is a, that's the great message. That is a great message right there. Who you are, flaws and all, is mm. what you're meant to be. Mm-hmm. So be it. Yep. Exactamundo. Beautiful. Thank you. That was a great reading of it, too. And I think, you know, that adds to the interpretation of a poem is how it's read, how you hear it. Mm-hmm. Do you hear it in your own voice? Is somebody reading it to you? You know, how is that person putting the, the inflection in it? Are they Are they looking at it the same way you would? You know, as I I remember I read that poem two or three times before I said, Sherry, this is the one I want you to, to lead off with. Now I heard her read it and she read it with different inflections than I even did. You know, so it's like it's, it's like almost like seeing it again for the first time. It's it's kind of cool. I love that. See, and that's one of the things I love about poetry is how it can just be so different, even though it's the same words on the page. And I guess that's the part where I ran into it because mm-hmm. I haven't had much poetry read to me. Right. So usually I'm just reading it in my head. I never read it aloud. Mm hmm. So yeah, I mean, if I were to read that one that she just read, it would probably not have uh, not have sunk in the same no, way. No, wouldn't have sunk in the same way and mm-hmm. given me the 
<clears throat> excuse me, the mental images that it did, right, and the ideas about what what was going on, mm-hmm. as if I were to read it I, myself. I think that's the problem with poetry is that so often when you're introduced to it in school, it's you're reading it. You're just reading it to yourself out of a book, or you've got indifferent classmates reading it that don't really know what it's about, and they're just reading it out loud. Poetry is like music. If it's not played, you don't really get it. Sorry, my mic was off. And that's why I I actually let off this thing with uh, Dylan lyrics, Bob Dylan. Mm -hmm. Uh, he recently won the Nobel Peace Prize for Poetry. And uh, one of my favorite songs I just think has amazing, well, all of a lot of his songs have amazing, amazing lyrics. And I have a couple favorites and chose one of those and picked a verse from it. And as uh, I, I pulled up the video on YouTube because mm-hmm. Chris wants me to play a piece of it as we uh, sign out. And just looking at it was a lyric video, so mm-hmm. I was like looking at the lyrics. Go, wow! I should have used that verse. Okay. I should have used, used that, that verse. verse. Yeah. I picked the wrong verse. I should have used. But that they were all good, no. and yeah. they're all great. And that's and, why he's a Nobel Prize winner. Mm-hmm. And and like looking at we were talking. Um, Zach was mentioning earlier, saying just how do you read it? Because he reads it silently, and it definitely gives you a different inflection and interpretation, things like that. So I was just quickly googling how to read poetry aloud. And um, there was like the step one, step two, step three. But um, just uh, there was this little blurb next to American poet Eve Marion, Miriam, M-E-R-R-I-A-M. She has a poem called How to Eat a Poem instead of How to Read It, How to Eat a Poem. Don't be polite. Bite in. Pick it up with your fingers and lick the juice that may run down your chin. It's ready and ripe now wherever you are. You do not need a knife or a fork or a spoon or a plate or napkin or tablecloth. For there is no core or stem or rind or pit or seed or skin to throw away. So it's just a poem, so saying, just a poem about it. poetry. Yeah, yeah it's just go it. at it, and that there's it. there's probably not a wrong way to read a poem. Yeah, it's see, like, and now with all this in there, I think for poetry slam too, I'll be a little more, maybe more ready for it. And, and it says yeah. like to read it slowly. You did as an English major, I approve. Like Excellent. you read it slowly a couple times. And it says just to. What happens if you'd stress this word rather than that word? Mm-hmm. Does it change and things like that? Mm-hmm. So it, it, you you experiment with it. You know what might be interesting is for the second time when we come around to do Poetry Slam 2, as Zach just called it so elegantly, if, if we do an assignment where I, I assign a poem to everybody. Here's one particular poem to everybody. You guys read it. You guys you know learn it. And what, don't talk about it until we actually go to the podcast recording. And then we'll we'll roll randomly to see who who's actually going to get to read it, and then we can go from there to see if we if what what we saw differently, what we felt. I differently. like that. Yeah, isn't that cool? I like that. That's cool. See, see, I'm and I and I, take me a, off there, the leash, kids. Here we go. There's also a wiki how how to read poetry. How to read loud. poetry out loud. Hey, you know what? That's awesome. That, that's that's things that help us. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like you read it clearly and effectively. Is method one? You slow down. Then pay attention to punctuation. We were talking about that in the first half, mm-hmm. is that a dash will stop the poem a way that a comma doesn't. The comma is like you take your breath, mm-hmm. and then you keep going. The period mm-hmm. means you, you take the pause and all that type of stuff. Um, watch the lines. Line breaks mean something to a poem <clears throat> or to the poet. And then emphasize important words. Unless you're E.E. E. Cummings. Every, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was all over the board. He was all over the page, yeah. wasn't he? He was known for that, like basically trying to draw pictures with the yeah, words yeah. too. And, and the key yeah. thing is remember the emotion. Don't Add some emotion by varying your tone. Mm-hmm. 
You know, one thing you could do, too, is assign another poem that's a little bit nebulous so we can get very be pedantic. I just want to use the word pedantic once. Let's see, <laughs> let's see what everybody's interpretation is. Yeah. Maybe we might all have different... Different look, you know, different think of it. Yeah. I'm okay. There you go. <laughs> I sleep all night. And I work, I work all, all day. And work all day. That could mean a lot of things. It, it could. could. What do you think, Cher? How are we doing so far? I think we're doing great. All right. Do we really? got? Do you have another one that you wanted to bring up for us? Um, I have. It's between two, so I'm going to let you guys choose. Okay. Have a broken love poem, or a rewriting of an ancient myth. Ooh, tough call. A broken oh. love poem versus a rewriting of an ancient myth. What I'll do you go think? myth. Myth. I myth you. I miss you, Billy. I'm always happy every 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 other couple of weeks when I see you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, thank you. All right, so we got one vote for myth. How about you, Tanya? It doesn't matter to me. I'm oh, curious don't. either way. Oh, see. All right. Uh-huh. That's why I called my dog Achilles, so I could say Achilles heel. Oh! oh. oh. no. <laughs> He's been going all day with these. He has been. He's been on fire today. Where is it? No cookies. Where is it? Bad. There it bad is. Rob. All right. So, Rob, myth or love yeah, poem? Myth. myth. <laughs> okay. So we got two for myth. I Zach. say myth. Okay, three for myth. I'll go with myth. Okay. Okay. We're going to myth. myth. I'm I'm outvoted without even having to try well, it. This so point. Poem, the, the myth could be a love poem. It could be. What, what's the name <laughs> of it so I can read along? Um, it's called Persephone Speaks, and it's a rewriting of the story of Persephone, who was. In most versions of the myth, she is kidnapped by Hades mm-hmm. out of the underworld mm-hmm. and taken down. And her mother tries to get her back, and oh, it is required. But she's required to keep going back because she ate um, several pomegranate seeds. Mm-hmm. So she has to remain with him. And it's a story about the seasons. Mm-hmm. But I've always been intrigued by this myth and the idea of what if it wasn't a kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Yes. Becca's excited right now. She's it's really excited. It's kind of like the true story of the three little pigs. It's like the, the like turn it from the different perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and before you start, can I say that I, I love a band called Roger Klein, the Peacemakers, and they have a song called Persephone that you literally just explained to me. Yeah. With that, like, I, that I didn't means. know where it came from. I, I, I just uh, thought it was a song. You helped did, out but, Billy today. Yeah. So look up the song Persephone by Roger Klein, the Peacemakers. Did we lose you? Okay. No. Nope. Oh, okay. She's there. All right. Let her rip. So we ready? Okay. This is called Persephone Speaks, and it's by Danielle. Daniela. I'm going to mess up this name really badly. Mike and Ellie, I think. Okay. Yes, I think so. Okay. I asked him for it, for the blood, for the rust, for the sin. I didn't want the pearls other girls talked about, or the fine marble of palaces, or even the roses in the mouths of servants. I wanted pomegranate. I wanted darkness. I wanted him. So I grabbed my king and ran away to the land of death, where I reigned, and people whispered that I had been dragged. I tell you, I've changed. I'll tell you, the red on my lips isn't wine. I hope you've heard of horns, but that isn't the half of it. Out of an entire kingdom, he kneels only to me, calls me queen, calls me mercy. Mama, Mama, I hope you get this. No, the bed is warm and our hearts are cold. No, never have I been better than when I am here. Do not send flowers. We'll throw them in the river. 
flowers are for the dead. At least that's what the mortals say. I'll come back when he bores me. But mama, not today. Wow. Damn. I like it. (laughs) Wow. I'm I'm getting like Fifty Shades of of Persephone going on here. It's like, holy (laughs) crap. Just just to to follow that up, uh, the last verse of the Roger Klein song, Mm -hmm. and should the mortals dare design to keep you ever theirs and never mine, should they, in the name of liberty, enslave you to their needs, your ransom has been paid with seven pomegranate seeds, Persephone. Wow. Okay. See, so we see how Greek myth basically lives on. It, even in yeah. current culture. Uh, and those of yes. us in Rochester know Persephone's down in Hades a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Isn't that Moist there's a winter reference there, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Damn, Sherry, and you bring that to life too, hon. Holy moly. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. I love poetry. That's amazing. All right, what else do we got? This is, this is I'm having fun now. Yeah, it, I'm in. It, this is great. We're going to, we definitely are doing this again. Absolutely. This is cool. And I uh, like the assignment idea. Yeah. And yeah. and there's yeah. a there's a different um there's a different, different Persephone verse, speaks. Right. When you started reading Sherry, Tanya and I just looked at each other so like, like, wait a minute, we're on the wrong, wrong poem. Count. And this this was I don't know, this was written by someone in twenty fourteen and it has like the same Or at least it was posted to this particular for, website in twenty fourteen. It uh, has like the same tenor in regards to the theme. Mm-hmm. Do you want to read it? Yeah. But but it's several. The what? There's several poems along this theme, and yeah. I think I know which you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's there's a, there's a Am, couple of it's, verses it's that have the feel. It's by Amrita 47. <laughs> so that's as far as we know about the yeah. author. It's, yeah. it's on powerport, powerpoetry.org, and it's another Persephone speech. You want to read it, Tom? Sure. Go ahead. All right, we're going to let her read this Persephone speech. I am not the story you have been told. I am not pure mm-hmm. nor powerless. I am not your fantasy of an innocent you can corrupt. You think <clears throat> he took me? You think I knew not what I did when I laughed and placed those crimson seeds upon my tongue? Do not mistake my kindness for naivety. I am forest fires and flower buds. I am poisonous thorns and newborn foals. I am death and rebirth. Cross me at your peril. (laughs) You shall find that pretty rose vines are just as lovely when they wrap tight over your limbs and shatter your bones. My lord, he brings me wreaths of bloodstained flowers, and I grant him kisses laced with venom. He gifts me graveyards to plant my orchids, and I send him the torn heads of men who wrong my maidens. Jeez. <laughs> Don't piss her off. Apparently not. I, t- I teach them combat alongside botany. Both are arts. He rules with iron fist and I with gentle touch. We live in love in a curious harmony of sweet bird song and the tortured screams of sinners. Come springtide, I am bound to earth, to my mother's sun-filled meadows, her unequivocal, enduring love. And by the fading light of summer, I return to my lover's ox walls and Sumerian heart. I cherish both, but they know they would have no claim on me if I did not desire it. For I belong to myself, for I am, my, I am only my own, half blooming creation, half blazing hellfire. He calls me his lady, but he knows I am a queen." Damn! Yeah, right. Damn, the windows are open. Look at the look at the world we're looking at today. That is awesome. I, I like that. Holy Moses! I'm dreading drinking that pomegranate Ooh. crystal oh. light about now. <laughs> wow! The, the gods have spoken. The gods have spoken. There was an wow. alien. Oh man! Wow! All right. So wow. thanks, Sherry, for the know, the, the version of Persephone like speaks. So that's the Mighty Monkey team. We don't only talk out. about the geek stuff. We talk about the cool stuff too. We talk about <laughs> we want to open your eyes as, and your minds as well as your 
as well as your ears, I suppose. Wow. That is that is cool. So we're going to, let's wrap it up on that. We'll wrap it up on that. Let's wrap it up on that. All right. I'm satisfied. We're going to wrap it up on that. And uh, and so that has been. Let's wrap it up. No, I think we should wrap, wrap it, it up. up. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Not poetry. Not poetry. <laughs> Sam and Dave, classic soul. Would yeah. they say some rap? They would say. I have no idea. Some rap. Some I'm, well, my uh, my mind is effectively blown right now. So I'm just I'm kind of uh. like just sitting here going, okay, I need a break. So at this point, let's say goodnight on this particular podcast. Okay. And you ready on the out cue? Uh, do you want Dylan or do you want your normal music to talk uh, over first? Let me. Yeah, let's do the normal the normal out cue, yeah, and then right. we'll okay. blend into Dylan. Gotcha. So that sounds good. So for Rob and for Zach and for Becca and for Tanya and Sherry and Billy and Ian sitting on the couch and myself, this has been Monkey Business yet again for another week, and uh, we are the product of the Mighty Monkey Corporation. <laughs> Producers and purveyors of the Flower City Comic Con coming at you in the Mini Con September 23rd and 24th Maybe we'll have a of 2017. We may that do that. Time. That'd be fun. Ooh, and then yet again, the, the big show, <laughs> FC3 itself, June 9th and 10th of 2018. Like us on Facebook, and we will see you all next week.